0: Hello and welcome to Peace, the podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Peace, a United Methodist community in Shoreview, Minnesota. I'm Jason Steffenhagen, the lead pastor. And each episode will typically start with a sacred story reading coming from the Holy Scriptures, followed by the message that was given during our Sunday morning worship time. Any announcements for our community will come at the end of each episode, so stick around if you are curious about learning more about Peace, the United Methodist community, you can go to peaceumc.com. Again, that's peaceumc.com. If you would like to find more episodes, you can find them on our website or go to our show page, which is peacethepodcast.podbean.com. Once again, that's peacethepodcast.podbean.com. Dot .com We hope that you enjoy this episode. Please like, rate, review, subscribe. And now on to the sacred story reading. Our sacred story reading for today comes from the book of John, chapter 15, which is going to continue the theme of abiding that we've been talking about and singing about. Jesus uh, said this in verse 4 through 5 and then 9 through 11, Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. This is the I am statement. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. And then verse nine, as the source, the divine parent has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commands, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my parents' commandments and abide in God's love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. We are in the midst of getting close to wrapping up our series on the I Am statements of Jesus from the book of John. There are seven of these, and this is number six. And number six is I Am the Vine, and it comes from John chapter 15 that we just read. And we've covered a number of these already. We've covered I Am the Bread of Heaven from John chapter 6. We've covered I Am the Light of the World, John chapter 8. I am the gate, I am the good shepherd, both from John chapter 10. And then last week we talked about I am the way, the truth, and the life from John chapter 14. And so we kind of left last week with the mystery of it all, the paradox of it all, the complexity of it all. And this week what I want us to be invited into is this next kind of phase of going from the mystery of it all into I am the vine. Because the invitation of the vine is an invitation into the mystery. It's an invitation into relationship with God, with Christ, that might not always be easy. So before we dive in too deeply, I just want us to take a moment and breathe. Because I don't know if you're like me where nine or 10 inches or 13 inches of snow caused a little bit more, (gasps) like, are you serious? Like, this is what's really happening in the world? I don't know if you watch the news and that same feeling or a much more uh, intense one wells up inside you when you're thinking about sending your kids to school or you're watching things on the news about war or you're watching things about people taking away people's rights in other states. Um, Whatever it may be that's causing that tension in your life that causing that hesitation to well up inside you, I think sometimes just taking a moment to breathe can be really, really necessary. And so I know some of you are like, I can't believe we're doing this in church in the middle of a sermon. And others are like, thank God he did this in the middle of a sermon. But we're just going to take a moment to breathe. And we're going to do the way that my wife taught me, which was breathe in and hold for four seconds and then breathe out and hold for 4 seconds and then do it again. Okay? So, let's I'll talk you through it, but everyone breathe in, and then hold it, and now breathe out,
1: and hold it. Now breathe in. Hold. Breathe out. Hold. Breathe in, hold, breathe out. One more time. Breathe in, hold, breathe out.
0: Sometimes I do that with my boys when I can see them getting a little elevated There's a little anxiety going on. I'll just say, let's just breathe together. Let's sync up our breath. It'll sync up our heart rhythm. It'll just help our nervous system take a minute. So when you feel the anxiety of the world, the anxiety of life, the pressures of it all, just hold your breath for four seconds. Let it out for four seconds. Just do that for a little bit of time. Often it can reset the nervous system a little bit, Not always, but sometimes just enough to figure out what the next step should look like. The reason why I wanted you to do that, and we're going to keep talking about this throughout this message this morning, is breathing is what the Holy Spirit is labeled as, breath. That's the Hebrew word for it is ruach. And at the end of John chapter 14, Jesus is promising the presence of the spirit to come that his spirit will come and abide in us and paul will later write that the same spirit that raised christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives in you and if you want to know how close the spirit is just breathe just breathe that's how close and intimate the spirit is to you and that's how quickly you can access god's spirit is just breathing taking a beat and just recognizing that God is present. So as I mentioned, today is Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is the day when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, and many of the followers and people of Jerusalem laid down palm branches or cloaks, and they made a way and a path for Jesus to come in, and they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest, Hosanna, here comes the Son of David, and they were so excited and so ready for Christ to come. And Jesus is going to come in, and, and the Pharisees and other religious leaders are going to say, tell these people to stop. Like, this is not healthy. This isn't right. And Jesus says, I would tell them to stop, except for if they stopped, the very rocks themselves would start crying out because this is okay. This is the way it's meant to be. This is, this is really who I am. I am the Messiah. I am the one that was promised. I am the Son of God. And so get ready for what's to come. I gotta be honest, I I always loved this as a kid and then I had a really hard time with it as an adult. And the reason why I have a hard time with it is because in the span of about five days, the people in Jerusalem are gonna go from yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna, they're going to be putting their cloaks and their palm branches down at the feet of Jesus as he comes into town. And five days later, they're going to be the ones standing before the Sanhedrin, standing before Pontius Pilate, and they're going to be yelling, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. I've always wrestled with what is really going on in these moments. What are these people doing? They, they so powerfully want Jesus to be the Messiah, and yet five days later, they're going to be like, ah. Nope. Not only do we not think he's the Messiah, we actually want you to kill this one. And it's such an about face. It's such a turn that I've always wrestled with it. And, and I don't have time to like do a super deep dive into it, but here's, here's how I would summarize some of my thoughts around uh, Palm Sunday. Is that I think oftentimes in life, people want a transaction as opposed to transformation. I think the people wanted a conquering Messiah. They wanted David to ride in on the war horse with the big sword and say, I'm going to slay Goliath and we're going to take over again and we're going to win. And so they wanted Jesus to be the new Caesar. They wanted Jesus to be the new David. They wanted Jesus to be the new conquering hero of the faith that would come in and eradicate Rome and take Jerusalem back for for the people and all would be right in the world again. And the problem is that Jesus had no intention of doing any of that. Jesus did not come to take life, but to give up his life. Jesus didn't come to take power over people and to control them, but to take power under and to say, how can I serve you and love you? In John chapter 14, or John chapter 15, I'm sorry, Jesus is going to say that the greatest love is to lay down your life for a friend. Jesus isn't coming to be a CEO or a manager or a pastor. He's not coming to say, how can I boss you around more? He's saying, how can I be your friend and be such a friend that I'm willing to lay it all down for you? How can I lay it all down for you? And that type of friendship, that type of relationship isn't transactional. It's not like, let me, let me like you enough that you'll do something for me. Let me believe in you enough that you'll, 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 you'll beat Rome for me. Let me like you enough that you'll conquer this for me. It's not a transaction. Instead, Jesus is saying, this type of relationship, my being your friend, my laying my life down for you is about your transformation. And then ultimately, it's about the transformation of this whole thing we got going on together. The systems of our world, the way we do society, the way we do culture, the way that we do life together ultimately needs to be transformed so that the least of these don't operate with the least anymore so that people with the least amount of rights don't operate with the least amount of rights anymore, so that people that have, have felt marginalized and oppressed don't feel that way anymore, that there's equitable things that we can do in our society and culture so that people feel like they have opportunity that they historically have not had. So Jesus has come to say, we need radical transformation, both in the personal lives of the people, but also in the way that people have gathered together in groups. We need radical transformation. That's what Jesus is after. And I got to be honest, that's really, really hard. Take the story of the rich young ruler, the person that has everything in life, has all the money, has all the wealth, has everything they need, comes to Jesus says, I want to follow you. And Jesus is like, okay, there's this one thing getting in the way and it's all this that has given you identity, all this wealth that's given you identity. I need you to give it all up because I have something else in store for you. And it's not the security of that, it's the security of relationship. And the rich young ruler says, I don't know if I can do that, and walks away. The interesting thing about that is that we can look at that from a dualistic perspective. Wealth is bad. Jesus says, give it all up, that's good. And therefore, if you can't do that, you're out. Well, Jesus doesn't shame the person. Jesus doesn't say, oh, that one's going to hell. Jesus doesn't do anything like that. Jesus doesn't doesn't say anything, just allows the person to go their own way. And you would have to believe that Jesus would also be just as welcoming back. It's not a one-moment thing. It's about where are we headed in life? Where are we going in life? What trajectory are we on? And what is Jesus inviting us into? It's that transformation, not a simple transaction. And when we think about how does that transformation occur, I think it occurs in two ways. And I think John 15, in this vine and the branches, this passage really highlights it. How do we do this transforming work well together with Christ? First, we have to be willing to be pruned. We have to be willing for Jesus, for, the, for God, for the Spirit. We have to be willing for the people of God in our lives that God puts in our path to help us be pruned, to say, you know, this part of your life is unhealthy. This part of your life is not the trajectory it should be. You need to be careful about this. This is actually causing you to have unhealthy relationships. It's, it's causing you to have greed. It's causing you to be selfish. you got to be careful about this. And so we have to be willing to be pruned. Why? Not so that we just lob off something that we think was valuable. No, we're pruned so that we can produce more good, healthy fruit. We should want to be good news for the world. We should want to be something that makes the world a better place, something that brings life to the communities that we find ourselves in. When we're not, for whatever reason, we need to take account for that and maybe have it be pruned. Just last night, my wife was talking about the way I parent. Sometimes I'm really good. Sometimes I'm not. Last night, I went down to my son's room and I said, it's time for bed. What? What? It's not time for bed. We've barely even been home. I can't. I'm not ready for bed yet. I am so alive right now. I do not want to go to bed. And I'm like, seriously, child, it's past your bedtime. You need to take a little bit of your medicine and go to sleep. He's like, I'm not doing no such thing. I was like, Did you want an extra 10 minutes? Because you could ask me for 10 minutes. Yes. And I was like, You could have just said that at the beginning instead of yelling at me. You would have never listened to me. And I was like, Well, you don't know that because ugh. we just went back and forth, back and forth, right? And I'm like, fine, 10 minutes, I'm coming back down here. So then I go upstairs, and my wife goes, You know, if you're a brick wall, he's gonna run into it. And no one likes running into a brick wall. But if you think of yourself like a trampoline, then you're a little bit more flexible, and you might wanna see how high he can jump. And I went, I hate that metaphor. Be quiet. But she was right. She was right. I need to be a little bit more flexible as a parent. I can't walk in and be like, do this now and expect him not to want to just run up against that wall and try to punch his way through like he's playing Mario or something. And he's going to do that. Okay, I needed to be pruned with, with that. Now, we all know that there are some times that are healthier to listen to the pruning, right? On 9 o'clock at night might not have been the best time to ask me to be pruned, but I needed to do my deep breathing and say, okay, what does it mean to be a trampoline? What is that cloud looking like right now, Dave? And just breathe, right? Breathe through it. Okay, how can I be a trampoline? Because in 10 minutes, I got to go back down there. And so let me go back down there and be a little bit more flexible, a little bit more spongy, and allow him to jump a little higher and to potentially see if he can make good decisions. And you know what? He did. I took a breath and I tried again. Don't always get it right. The second time, I got it a little bit more right. Not perfect, but a little bit more right. So how in your life can you open yourself up to be pruned, to take that advice, to listen when someone points out a blind spot in your life? The second thing we can do, and this is what we've been focusing on a few times this morning, is abiding in Christ, to abide in Christ. And this is a little bit more mysterious. It's one thing to want to be pruned and to listen to advice or to have someone point out your blind spots. We can kind of wrap our arms around that a little bit. Sometimes we don't like to hear it, but we know we need to. But what does it mean to abide in Christ? When, when, when Jesus says, abide in me, what in the world does that mean? And I'll be honest, at different times in my life, I think it means different things. Sometimes it means... I do something very rational and logical, and I create a schedule, I create an expectation for myself, I create goals about my relationship with Jesus, and I want to read this, or I want to think that, or pray this much, or do this, and I try to formalize it so that I am intentional about it. Other times in my life, i am like, that is too patriarchal. <laughs> that is too much of my upbringing coming in. I can't handle that right now. I don't need more schedules in my life. I already have too many spreadsheets that have to do with work. Whatever it is, I just can't do another schedule, a list. That is not helpful for my relationship with anything, and it's got to be a little bit more malleable. It's got to be a little bit more, I'm going to feel this out a little bit. And that's where Brother Lawrence wrote this beautiful book called Practicing the Presence of God. I think I've mentioned it once before on a Sunday, but it's simply the idea that as we go through life, we just imagine or bring to our awareness, our conscious, that God is with us. We just practice, you could almost even say pretend, that God is doing life with you whether that's next to you or in you, however you want to imagine it. Just imagine God is with you and breathe and then move and go about whatever experience you're going to have next. Whether it's going downstairs to tell your kid to go to bed, whether it's going into a meeting at work, whether it's sitting down to write a paper, whether it's you're about to have a hard conversation with a friend, whether you're about to walk into the doctor's office whatever the moment is practice God's presence and sometimes it can just look as be as simple as a simple prayer say God be with me or lord i know you're here or christ be in this moment spirit make yourself present spirit calm my nervous system help me to be present to this abide in me, Christ says. And then the beauty is that it doesn't just stop with abide in me, it's as I abide in you. This isn't a transactional relationship that you pray the certain prayer, you say the right magic words, and suddenly the Spirit of God overwhelms you and you do this thing that you didn't think you could do. No, it's this transformational relationship where Christ is not just saying, Do the right things for me. It's, I am already in you. I'm taking up residency in you. I am intimate with you. And we are moving together. And again, I don't know how to explain that to anyone. I don't know how to explain it to a little kid. I don't know how to explain it to an adult. All I know is that it's true. And it's almost beyond true, it's just the way things are that the spirit of God is alive and active, and that there is this synergy of relationship. We are spiritual beings, not just physical, not just cognitive. We are spiritual beings, and God is at work in the world, and we can trust in the spirit of God to be present. Doesn't mean that bad things don't happen. Doesn't mean that things go our way. Doesn't doesn't mean that we magically have the strength that we didn't have before. It means that we aren't alone, even when we're on our own. We're not alone. Abide in me as I abide in you. And again, going back to the very beginning, one of the simplest ways we can do that is
1: just to breathe. Let me pray. Spirit
0: of God, in the mysterious way that you do, we invite you to be present in our breath. That when life is overwhelming or complex or just simply beautiful, we want to abide in you. Help us to breathe. Help us to remember that each breath is a reminder that you are with us. Help us to practice your presence. Help us to trust Christ that you are abiding in us as you call us to abide in you. May we breathe.
1: And then may we invite others to just breathe with us. In the power
0: of the Spirit, in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Will you please stand and body your spirit as I offer this blessing as we go? And let me remind you, um, we have Good Friday coming up, our service at 7 o'clock on Friday, and then Easter Sunday with the pancake breakfast at 9 a.m. before we get started. So, hear this blessing. May the God who abides in you make God's self known to you. May you trust and may you be transformed by the power of God's Spirit. And may you abide in that spirit. May you breathe in the ruach, the breath of God. May you breathe out the breath of God. And may you be that breath. May you be that abiding presence in our world. Go in the power of love and the power of peace. Amen. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Peace the Podcast. If you would like to learn more about our community, go to peaceumc.com. Again, that's peaceumc.com. For more episodes of this podcast, you can go to our website or go to the show page, peace the podcast.podbean.com. Again, peace the podcast.podbean.com. May you experience the love of God and may you have. Peace.